Hey! What is up, guys? It's me, Harlov Kataria, one of the hosts of today's podcast. And today is season one, episode one of What is Music? Pretty nice topic, I'd say. Anyways, music is... It's a nice topic because it really depends on where this topic goes eventually. It could go from simple talking about music to more elaborated perspective. So we have some sort of variation of room of conversations for this topic, which is pretty, pretty fun. Hold on, Harlov, why don't you introduce who you are? Oh, yeah. If you all don't know me, I'm Harlov Kataria. I produce music and I'm a songwriter. And I'm mainly an audio engineer and a professional vocalist. All right. So first starting off, Harlov, where did music start? How did music come to existence? That's a very good question. The real fact or the real thing to talk about is the evolution of music, which is a very fun thing to wonder about because the music industry where it is now would not be even there like two years ago. And it just feels so fascinating seeing the pace at which the industry is changing because for five to 10 years, it stayed consistent. Now, because of people that say the internet or because of forms of communication, we have, as a history of music, a big part of artists, a big industry carrying in our hands, basically, for the audience. So it's just about that, actually. So, Harlov, what is your take on the evolution of music? I'm very glad you asked this question because I have some things to say about it. I feel like evolution of music has to do not more with the music, but with the artist itself, of who they represent. I feel like basically the music is there, but I think more importantly, it's about the artist. Think of it like this way. It's about the authenticity of how we represent an artist. Back in the days, if we remember the old legends of the 80s or 90s, like Queen, Led Zeppelin, Elton John, they had a sort of authenticity in music itself in giving a live performance that nobody can be close to at this point of this generation. But I feel like that's the part of the artist itself. And over time, if I talk about the timeline since the 80s and today, we have sponsors as an artist, an image, a hypothetical image of an artist itself of who they represent, but it's more how to do with audience taste as well yeah evolution of music there would be some parts of it which will never change because at the end of the day this industry provides people and we people are the only deciders or only people that will have their own preferences and to form that sort of control or form that sort of audience itself it really depends on the artist itself and i feel like the evolution the authenticity of the artist is changing to more of being suitable for teenage, uh, being suitable for this generation itself, as always, just like any other generation. So that's why the evolution of music is very rapid. We are the next generation, like right now, the evolution has kind of shifted very quickly. Two to three years, even there's a big difference in the music industry, especially the new people. There's on the one side a good thing that every new person is coming out having music. We have a lot of artists now that we might have not even heard of. 
now they're releasing music and now they're at their peak. But another part of it is that the authenticity of the artist really we have to put a label on it and as they perceive to us there's just a bit of the real raw feeling of their music and the live performances which are kind of less now i mean due to the pandemic itself the industry changed a lot obviously we now have roblox events now and we also have pre-recorded live performances basically Liam Payne did it 21 Pilots did it KSI did a Roblox even apparently so this kind of like a change in the media consumption itself really bring a lot of change in the industry so because we only have less things to just gather around yeah so harlow what do you think has changed between music from the 2000s and 2021 Mm, if I be kind of like give an overview, I think the main changes are been preferences of people because they always change. And secondly, for talking about changes as a whole, we not only have preferences in genre, we have preferences in people's choice, which really comes down to genre itself. If I talk about changes itself, it's really have to do with the artist itself because back in the day in the twenty two thousands. I think internet of course played a big role in the music industry because the artists could be more expressive towards themselves. Back in the day we had press conferences, less interviews, but very quality ones and just live performances and an album. We had these four things. But now representation of artists as a whole, we have podcasts, interviews as always, and most importantly we have social media that they have their right to express themselves almost every day now. So that made a big difference because back in the day we would have occasional interviews at pre-recorded but there was something still missing because we couldn't have a clear picture of who we were listening to that's the perception in our mind that they're just a performer and we used to love their music but now these days it's not only about the music it's always now about the artist itself like oh they're funny they're very cool they dissed that person or also they mocked a person's album cover and they're just like funny that funny word comes in which really is the perception in the social media handles they host in and that creates kind of a difference between perception itself and then also we got another thing to talk about which is genre of course there's more about industry standard music now and also talking about technical aspect i feel like there's one technical aspect i want to talk about it's the form of music itself why are we getting all of the artists very quickly back in the day we had vsts physical compressors that we used to make music for example an album that was recorded way before in the 80s or something 70s for a solid uh, album to be still credible today probably like $200,000 if we're talking about a big artist now it's just the accessibility of resources as a whole technology is bringing up every sector and now we can make music at our freaking bedroom we can be bedroom producers we can make music on a phone which can still be as credible as people who are still making music that's brings in talent but at the same time marketing and perception of artists still has an uphand towards those small artists so those small artists music might mean something but if they don't entertain their audience if they don't engage with them then probably some day or another 2 to 3 days after i listen to them i would not remember them because they might have not created a funny story of themselves or they might have not documented their whole procedure there's like a content missing and today just uploading music and marketing it is probably not enough to be called as a musician right right 
so I want to take up on the social media part. So there's been a lot, when I say a lot, I mean a lot of creators blowing up because of platforms like TikTok or Instagram. Now, both of those platforms have really, really complicated algorithms. There's a lot of people that don't have very much luck, but if you're able to learn from each algorithm, you have a lot of potential to really get up there and blow up. Harlov, what's your take on platforms like TikTok? So as I said that um, one of my parts was evolution of music as we were talking about it before. And I said even two to three years back, the music industry has still changed a lot. And that, that point has to do with new social media platforms, like, for example, TikTok. And of course, we got Instagram as a whole. These two are like booming at this point. I think it's important to take a case study for talking about how these platforms changed people's lives. Of course, they changed some artists and made them where they want to be. But I feel like at the same time, quality of music as a whole might have decreased a lot. In some sort of sense, when you have a sort of a music, but you cannot think what can it go for a TikTok video. So all those genres, all those collective music, all those, a back in the day, you used to have variety. That's just like narrowed down to a 15 second video that could entertain an audience based off of what their content is. And then it just, everybody uses it. So I feel like the quality or sort of like a creativity sense might have lowered down. But if I want to talk about how it really impacted, I want to take an artist like Lil Nas. As we know, Old Town Road blew up. It was a very hard boom. And Old Town Road, I would not say it was deserved to be on the spot. But personally, if I say if I have an opinion on it, it deserved to be on the spot. So it got the attention from the audience or for the tick from the TikTokers and both of them got benefited. Lil Nas X got up and they sustained their career as a whole because most of the artists other than that, you probably might hear their music, but after that, they might not capitalize ahead of what they planned for. So social media did one thing, recognition made it more easy, but I feel like social media did one more thing, which is engagement. Now these days, as I said, Uploading music and marketing it is probably not enough. And moreover to that, you need people to remember you. You need to connect with people. And back in the day, if I compare it to the evolution that is the 80s or 90s, you would have press conferences, interviews, live performances, album. These main four things, which were not frequent enough because most of the time of the artist would be on album and we would have a form of engagement as a newspaper. But now we have literally everyday engagement, press, blogs now, especially blogs also have created a lot of impact. And yeah, that's about it. If I want to have a setback of it, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Of course, it is a good thing. Of course, it's an opinion, but like that's how the industry is moving, especially there's like TikTok. It might be helpful for the artists that are already on the top and making catchy music, but for the one who goes for quality or goes for personal leads and purpose. It, it gets hard for them, but they still have, of course, as I said, this industry would still have a sort of like open part where nobody could touch and nothing would change that because it's for the people. And if you can make something for the people and just lure them through your amazing art, that's what music is all about. So that's my take on music, really. So Harlov. There has been a lot and a lot of documents about how music has changed 
feelings in the world. After, I'm gonna say, 2019 music, around those parts, depression levels, I guess, have spiked in the world, and do you think that could be really related to music, like other people think it is? Mm, that's, a, that's an interesting question, because after all, if we're talking about music responsible for hiking up mental illness in some sort of the way, we have to blame the music that has the purpose to do so in the first place. Music is mainly in the industry known for being wholesome, known for providing people what they want and just basically uh, being clean. That's what it represents. If you're talking about music that has some sort of a reason to do this, might be the people, I mean, all the points that I could think is the judgment on people. For example, sometimes music just creates a sort of bubble for a person that they can't get out of and th that's just all the bubble around you basically what i mean by bubble is a person would definitely judge somebody if they do not like for example any artist that they like and some sort of the way if all the people that like that kind of an artist that creates a sort of aloneness or you're not good if you don't listen to somebody or you don't praise them or you don't have a ringtone of them and i think that's the perception that could like a music for them that could ruin their mental life itself other than that if i talk about some music that are purposely made to harm you made to for some community made to spread hate there's of course regional music at some part of it that might use their music as a form of a way to disregard some communities and these are mostly from regional conflicts and it would just increase those regional conflicts. Yeah, that's the only part that I could think right now. It's about how music industry is making an ecosystem for the people and the people who are not in the ecosystem might be judged accordingly, might be harassed accordingly from the people. So music has a very less part to spread hate, according to me. However, there might be, now that I think, some artists that might use some sort of word, some sort of aggressional force, so that other community might get a little sad about it and, of course, disregard them. Other than that, music, I feel like, is, is a form of language that is very pure, if it's intended to be pure so. And as always, there is some part of the industry itself which will be clean because it's for the people. So other than that, I feel like music mostly is still a clean industry and just a good part in people's daily lives. Wow. Okay. So I find with music now and music from even the past 10 years, a lot of people are talking about what's happening in their life. There's a lot of music that's focused on girls now. So I have one example song that we should all know. And I want to ask you, Harlov, what do you think about it? And do you think it has any sort of impact on depression? Now, this song is kind of neutral. So you should know this. You know this song, Seven Years by Lucas Graham. Yeah, I've heard of this song. So what's your take on this song, then, if there's something bad about it? So my take on it is that there's one big remix on it that's really depressing, <laughs> but there's a lot of them, really, that aren't even noticed. 
What I really want to know is, do you think this song has any particular impact on certain people's feelings? Well, as I have seven years lyrics opened up by Lucas Graham, yeah, actually, I had one more point as I was thinking about it. There might be a, a big change in the music industry soon because of me music. And me music or comedy like music, I feel like that could kind of impact because not only that, like me music as a whole could definitely hurt some communities. But other than that, if you're talking about a particular song, Seven Ears, if the artist has no intention in their lyrics or no intention to hurt some community itself, and if you're talking about remixes, other than that, I think it has nothing to do with the artist. It really depends on how impactful uh, the situation might have got. So let's say somebody went and listened to seven years as soon as they woke up. Do you think that'll have an impact on the rest of their day? Definitely. I mean... Definitely? Definitely. And I have some things to say about it. Of course, if you're talking about an individual itself or somebody who just woke up and want to listen to that song. Of course, the dopamine level, as always are saying, never just be on the phone when you wake up because the content you might consume from that might affect your day. Or you might be in a high peak that you can't focus on work. And with that, I mean, if I think about any sort of problem that could create, yeah, it definitely has an impact scientifically if I talk about it. All right, it seems like you have a lot of different things to say about how music might impact some feelings. So to everybody listening to the podcast, we are going to take a quick break. And once we come back, we are going to be bringing up people from around the world to see what they think about music. All right, welcome back to MelodyCast, everybody. We are going to move on to the next segment where we bring up people from around the world to give their take on what music is. Hello, Scruff. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am pretty good. Thanks for asking. So, what is music to you? Well, it's hard to kind of confined into a short amount of time but before I like go on my tangent about kind of my opinion on the purpose <laughs> of music I just want to give a little bit of background I've been a musician for about five years and I've been a singer for about two uh, there's not a day in the past two years that I haven't sang you know it's definitely my biggest passion so I devote a lot of time to learning about music and talking about it and thinking about it and creating it performing it I think answering the question what is music is kind of hard because it's so broad but you can kind of break it down to something similar as to like what is the purpose of music i think it correlates pretty well when people ask what's the meaning of music or what is music here for i always say like the same thing because it's it's always true to me this is how i feel about it I, I think music in a general sense is kind of a world within itself like it's basically this huge language that everyone can understand even if it's in another language like i mean there have been huge hits in the u.s that are in another language and people still listen to them they don't even know the words and they still like it you know what i mean so it's like there's no language barrier when it comes to music really i did a lot of personal studies on like music 
not just music theory and the technical sides of music, but the emotional aspects, so the therapy side and stuff like that. Pretty much music's sole purpose is to express and modulate human emotions. That's literally it in the most plain form. I mean, music's primary use throughout the world is mood control, and you can see it every day. I mean, you have to think like mothers sing lullabies to the babies to calm them down, you know. I used to live in Arizona for like three months, and it's one of those states where it's traffic congested and you're backed up bumper to bumper all morning. Mm -hmm. And everyone in cities like that, they always have the radio on because literally they listen to music, take their mind off it, lift up their spirits, dissipate the stress as we go on by. In like anywhere you go, like hotels, there's soundtracks. As you're going through the lobby, you know, I sit and think about this a lot. Like you're watching an action movie. You have to think how f***ing boring would this be if there was no epic soundtrack in it? It was just like people grunting and fighting. Like that would be so stupid. Literally, there is like a well-written underscore in a movie. It, it focuses and guides a person's emotions with much greater effect than the acting or the lighting or the direction of the movie. Far more, you know what I mean? And think, anyone who has a TV, commercials, they literally take the music out of commercials. They're boring. Go in a store, there's music. At sport events or venues, there's always music playing to keep people calm, you know? I agree with what Bill was saying, how the fundamentals of music is heavily influenced by cultures. Because you have to think, through all the eras, music has served cultures in general as a medium to, you know, tell stories and stories that are passed down through these generations. Like, even before written language, these stories were essential for the preservation of information. And, you know, the best way to remember stories is through music. Like, there have been times where I would forget something. Or, like, I needed to remember somebody's phone number. I needed to remember code. I would hum it to a melody because it's more easy to remember it. You know, instead of, like, just having to think about it. So it's like, everywhere you go, music is in everything. Pretty much every aspect of your life, you're going to hear music. You're not going to wake up one day and go to sleep without hearing some form of music. Okay, and I think that the conversation earlier about how music doesn't really have an influence on emotions, that's literally the opposite of what music is here for. Since the dawn of day and the creation of what, quote, music is, it was solely created for the purpose to manipulate and modulate and express emotions in a way that didn't use words. And that's how it's going to be for the rest of time. And obviously it's going to develop. And there are a lot of factors like trends and cultural stuff and things going on in our world that are going to influence it. But no matter what, the one thing that will never change with music is its fundamental purpose. Like I said, to make people feel without having to say anything. And that's my take on music. It's not that complicated in my mind. But how people come on and be like, well, I don't like this kind of music. I don't like that kind of music. But regardless of if you like it or not, it still holds a purpose. Obviously, not every genre is for everyone. I mean, as a musician, I find it's different. So when I actually did my senior project is I took one of my friends who is a musician and put him up against one of my other friends who knows nothing about music, who just likes to listen to music as an avid listener of music, but for like specific genres. And I sat them down, had them listen to 10 different songs start to finish, and I asked them, write down how this makes you feel. And the kid who just listens to music, like five word answers. The musician, literally whole f***ing paragraphs about how this makes him feel. And that's the difference. When, when you sing, or you rap, or you write poetry, or you understand the fundamental basis of music and what it's meant to do, 
you have a huge, deeper understanding. It's like when you're trying to communicate with a deaf person who uses ASL and you don't know ASL and then there's someone standing right in front of you having a full-blown conversation with them and you know nothing from the outside but they know everything that's how it is with a musician versus a normal everyday person who knows nothing about music and it's sad because there was a point in time where everyone understood the importance of music because it was limited to genres like classical or like everything that Bill was saying but now with how I said the trends and the way the world is working and changing and developing there are a lot of types of music coming out that 90% of the population would never listen to. But regardless of all that, like I said, at the end of the day, it all boils down to the same thing. That no matter how many people like or dislike it, it's still going to be, be the same thing. That its purpose is never changing. That's one thing that will stay stagnant with music forever, is what it's there for. That is... A very interesting take on music. What do you think, Carlos? Nice points, actually. As per the representation of how somebody would take on the ASL part, I liked that. There, there were nice talks about it. But so basically, you mean as like the whole crux of the thing you said was that music has its purpose and it's never going to change. It has a constant purpose. That's what you meant, right? Like the purpose of music, data. I don't think, yeah. is dependent on like how it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue like t certain types of music are used for the purpose of feeling this way or that way. But at the end of the day, you're gonna feel something regardless. You know, like you could specify mm -hmm. that this genre will make you feel like happy or this genre will make you feel sad. But overlapping that thing right there, like that's regardless, you're still feeling something, and that's kind of my point. That's the purpose of music, and I don't think that's ever going to change. Like, There's not a form of art or music that you're going to experience that won't make you feel something in some way. And I feel like it's a good point. I mean, it's an obvious point because that's the purpose of it, but some people don't realize that because it rolls back into what I said where they limit themselves to listening to this one specific type of music all the time. And they don't see the beauty or the purpose, perhaps, in other types of music. And then it ties finally into how, as a musician, you'll never find a musician who limits themselves to one kind of music. Like, literally, I help run a singing server and everybody in there, you say, oh, what are your artists to listen to? If you sing, literally, I swear to God, the same answer is like, I'll listen to anything. But you take someone who's not a musician, they say, oh, I like these two artists and this genre only. Not everybody's like that, but the majority, more than not, is like that. But I guess it's just kind of all ties together into that's the purpose of music or what mm. music is, in my opinion. I have one thing to say. So me personally, I am tired of no song but this one song. You know why? It's because my radio station near me won't stop playing it. And that song specifically is Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. And they just won't stop. That's still playing? Yes. It's still playing. I haven't heard that song on the radio in so long. <laughs> they wow. just won't stop playing it. I'm getting so tired of the song to the point where it switch stations every time it comes on. Yeah, I get that. I haven't heard that song on the radio in a while. Anyways, wow. besides that, Mr. Scruff, what is your take on musical concerts? Well, I mean, I think in general, like music events in general, 
like, you know, concerts or venues or open mics, whatever, no matter how big or small. I mean, obviously with concerts, it's more based around people who already have recognition. But the thing is, I guess it's more towards like local events like venues or open mics or talent shows. Those kind of kickstart artists' careers and they get them noticed. So I think it's a very, very valuable part of the music industry or music in general is to kind of get a foothold in your local community with your music if you're an artist. But if you're asking more so for already recognized like singer celebrities or whatever, you know, famous singers, I mean, I think it's great too because it's a way to really experience the music live, not just through your headphones or through your phone or through your screen. And you can kind of get a deeper understanding of the emotion through their music when they're right in front of you. You know, you kind of relate to it more heavily when they're right there and you can see them and you can feel them and hear them. So I think it's good too. And not only that, it allows artists to kind of represent themselves in their fan base. It's like when YouTubers do meetups, it shows that their fan base is important to them. And I think that's good to keep a strong connection with your fans and to show that you don't just care about being high and mighty. You care about the people who are putting you there by listening to your music. So I think it's a good thing, in my opinion. So I completely agree on what you said about being right in front of somebody while you're performing. Exactly as Gruff said, it's the experience. Because with live shows, you have a perception, you have basically another form of engagement between mm -hmm. the artist and the audience. It's a lot itself. more personal, even though hundreds of thousands of people might be there. There are people there who might be like, they're singing to me, this is for me, you know? And I feel like that's how you should think if you go to a concert, like, you feel them, you know, it's personal. You relate to the lyrics and the music and the sound way more than you ever could. Exactly. Okay, that's I'm kind of speechless because you really, really, really are going into what the music really is. And I thank you for doing that. Do you have yeah, any other course. questions, Harlov, or do you have any questions for us, Gruff? No, I don't. I've never seen a stage event like this, but I think it's good. I wish it was more popular because there are a lot of people on here who don't understand any of what I just went over, and it's kind of sad. Well, Especially I, the newer generation. Yeah. Thank you for coming up and really deeply explaining to us what music really is. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's my biggest passion, so I always love to talk about it. But I um, appreciate the opportunity. Alright, hello Mr. Benji, how are you today? Hello, I am absolutely amazing, how about you? I'm pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, it's been a while since I've been on a podcast. Well, you're back on one now. And there's gonna be way more opportunities to get back on this specific one in other episodes. But what is your take on music, and what is music to you? Well, let me ask you something first. What is reality to you? Um. See, you're going to have a tough time reality trying to explain what reality is. <laughs> you're going to have a have time see, explaining what music is, but it's really what it is to you. In your I like, okay, the, so, part, I like the flippy question. Away. I like <laughs> I'm not going to explain what reality is because I can't. I mean, reality no. is perception, right? No, here is where music and reality meet. You see, everything around us technically is musical whether it's your speech cadence whether it's the sounds around you it's all music but it's not what we define as music for what we define as music 
is different frequencies and the, the relationship and then how different combinations of frequencies make us feel. And if you break it down, yes, it is all just wiggly air, but that's just the physics side of it. And I won't bore you with that. And I won't go into like overtones and undertones and whatever. But really, if you think about music, I'm going to contradict what the guy up before us said, but I don't really think it's as much of a universal language as people think it is. Because if you stick two people in a room at random and you ask them to say how a genre feels to them emotionally, there is a 50-50 chance they will have something different. Because some people, if they listen to metal music, some people find it uplifting, exciting, and just very, very upbeat. And someone else might find it very chaotic and disorganized and very, very hard to listen to. Where if you put probably two more people with a more extreme example, classical music, one might say is very clean, it's very organized, it's very satisfying in a way. But the other person may just say it's boring. Emotions aren't defined to genres because people feel different ways about genres. Like I did this another test that was similar to whatever his name was. I'm so sorry. When he um, tested two people with 10 songs, they had a different response every single time. And what I found interesting is also not that the music made them feel different, but the mood was the same. They all indicated the same mood of the song. So I don't think it's really to do with the sonic or the genre. I think it's to do with how it makes you feel and the relationships between that. Well, humans like harmony. We love harmony. It naturally occurs in nature. That's just a thing in our universe that occurs. Because in the harmonic series, the first notes or first six notes make a major chord and the first undertones make a minor chord. So we like that kind of diatonic harmony. If you put something like dissonance into a track, it can either make you pull a really mean stank face, which is me because I'm an absolute weirdo who loves weird chords and weird harmony, or it can make you feel very, very on edge and very tense. But I guess the relationships between frequencies and music are up to us to compose because we can choose to use those frequencies and make a certain person or certain audience feel a certain way. But making those choices is obviously the hardest part because we can't base it just all of what's on feeling. Because if we based it all on feeling, don't get me wrong, it's not bad to, but if we base it all on feeling, we may end up with a result which is not as pleasing to what we hear. And what we hear is one of our most useful senses. Obviously, we have five senses, taste, see, smell, touch, feel, and we have a sixth sense, technically, where we can feel stuff behind us. But hearing is probably one of the most used ones per day. You use it the most, and I can guarantee you that at least you will hear at least one thing every day. At least one thing. There is a 100% chance if you're not deaf. But that's getting sidetracked. What is music? Music is not exactly a feeling. It's rather the relationship of frequencies that we choose to fuse it to really convey. Okay, yeah, you're right. I am having a hard time explaining this. Okay, so to me, it's... It's how we use different frequencies, which I know is the most like jargony way to put it. But if we all listened to something with the same frequency, like a 30 hertz sine wave, which is the most pure representation of sound, 
even with that, we would all feel differently about it, which is really interesting. So what I think music is to me, really, is the relationship of frequencies that it has on humans and how people choose to use them. That's really interesting, because that's not how a lot of people would explain music. No, because everyone goes into the emotional side. Don't get me wrong, I like the emotional side of music. Most music makes me feel alive, because I, like the other guy said, I'm a musician, I listen to everything, but I'm weird and I like every single genre of music. Hmm. So really, I have to think about it a different way. So now that you've taken what music really is to you with all the frequencies, what do you think about the emotional side of music? The emotional side is very, very interesting because it's very subjective. I think I touched on a bit on that earlier, but because no two people will feel the same about one thing. Well, that's kind of common sense, but you can't assume that it, it's a universal language if it's not going to be universal in the sense that it's all the same. I guess it's universal that we all can feel for it and that it has an emotional impact. But I don't think it's a completely unified language. But that's not really getting to the emotional side. When you were talking earlier about depressive music, that is very also very subjective. Like, if you listen to Seven Years by Lucas Graham, I was just thinking, if you listen to that early in the morning, you have two responses. One is you're really sluggish, and two is you're very wide awake and aware. When you're wide awake and aware, and you're really listening to it, which is a real extreme, you will feel down for the whole day or even a week. But if you wake up groggily, you'll put it on and it'll just be like a nice soothing song to get you into your day to make you feel very calm. But those are both the opposite ends of the spectrum. So the emotional impact of music is very subjective. It can change from person to person. And I feel like... I can't just pinpoint myself to what a track makes me feel like because it's always going to keep changing because I can listen to some tracks on some, some days and I can definitely uh, feel what I would say that I feel and then other days where it just makes me feel different. So really, it's the emotional side of music. What that means to me is that it's very, very flexible. I've... I enjoy the fact that it can take me almost on a journey every single time and I will never end up taking the same journey with any two songs. So since this is really how you are getting into things, I've seen like a video or documentary on this before, but now nowadays there's a lot of repetitiveness in modern music it really depends yeah but there's like repetitiveness in the beat or the notes that are used what do you think about yeah this? i think this is to do with the trend because when you find repetitiveness it's not because people are running out of ideas generally because all of these musicians, they're constantly inspired, they're constantly working, but yes, you may feel uninspired for a while, but that doesn't mean you can't get back into the swing of it. But I think any repetitiveness comes from following the uh, current musical trend and what's commercially 
popular and what will cause them to have the most success. I don't really think it's anything to do with them just being repetitive for the sake of it, because all of the repetitiveness will change. You can say re- music was repetitive in the 2010s when it was more dance inspired or the heavy EDM drums. And nowadays it's a bit more mellow and a bit more 80s sounding. But yeah, it is becoming repetitive a bit. <laughs> so that's why I try to listen to a wide range of music so I don't get caught up in that repetitiveness. Hmm. I. Uh, Sorry, was that not a good answer? That was a good answer. I'm just kind of speechless because you're, you're, you're really speaking truthful facts here. Uh, it's just. <laughs> kind of hard to take in um <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm so sorry no no it's all right it's definitely it is definitely interesting it's interesting to see the difference between you and scruff oh that was his name scruff everybody has a different take on music that's really the whole point of this episode yeah i'd like that we have a different take on music honestly because it shows me two different sides Because when I explain what music is, I think the problem why I'm going more into the technical side is because I've done so much of the emotional side already. (laughs) And and I just want to be able to talk about all the weird nerdy stuff that might go over like half the people's heads here. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Well, according to me, as you pointed out, repetitiveness in music in a whole lot of way of course one of the main actually reasons could be the inspiration because not only in the low scale like low scale producer just seeing all the big artists not only because of that because people in the industry have still influences based off of different sounds different times yeah and sometimes even this has to do with a sort of not only trends but some producers just want to keep it like a straight line because they have to keep it according to the rules some people like to experiment based off of different sounds other yeah. others that could affect basically the repetitiveness of music the purpose of it could be that basically they don't like experimenting uh, sounds or they don't do that yeah they just stick to a particular like effect of what they're making otherwise other yeah. than that it could also be example like pop scales pop notes because we yeah. they might be used to it and uh, yeah it just sounds good to them as a industry standard i think that that's yeah. the reason but other than that I, I have nothing else to say about it like that also gets me thinking about um how people aren't really excited to go outside of their comfort zone so i saw this talk that mick gordon did about the fear of rejection so if you don't know who mick gordon is he obviously did the doom soundtrack and whatever and he said this really funny thing before he said doom fans are not like disney fans if doom fans don't want like what you've done they'll burn your house down but he goes over how when he started with the doom soundtrack how he was failing but what i think people fail to do nowadays especially in the music industry is have an environment where you feel comfortable in failure because then people are excited to go out of their comfort zones but also another one another thing why people might not be excited to go out of their comfort zone is because they want to be known for a certain sound or a certain style that they can be associated with 
which I totally get. Like, everyone wants to just sound like you. You want to have your own flair of yourself. And yeah, it might get a bit repetitive, but you can be known for that sound. But back to the failure thing. If you release a piece of music that's a bit out of left field compared to what you make normally, I get it. Some people will react badly, and that's your fear of rejection. And no one likes to be rejected, right? You do. You guys don't like to be rejected. So I think because nowadays we have such a big access to like loads of music around the world from basically any time and anywhere, our expectations are gradually getting higher and higher and higher. And it's kind of concerning, really, because when I plan to release music, which is just going to be a bunch of like trashy pop stuff, I'm going to be really scared to release it because people are going to either think it's just the most lame stuff and generic stuff ever, which I think is going to happen, and and I won't really be recognised for like putting in the hard work the world I've done if I release more complex tracks. But in the future, if I decide to change my style, like uh, what Bring the Horizon did, where they incorporated more electronic stuff in with their classic, like, proper heavy metal stuff, uh, people didn't really like it. It's, it's a real shame, because you shouldn't really have to make music based on what, the, or what people want. They really want to make music based on what you want to make and what you want to do in the future. So that's why I think we need to have an industry where artists feel comfortable in failure. Definitely. Yeah, for, de for definitely is a good way to say. <laughs> well, you have a lot to say about music, Benji. It's... oh. I mean, I can keep going, but I think uh, right. Bill wanted yeah, to no, come up next. I, I, think, we're, <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Alright, thanks for having me up. <laughs> you are. Thanks for coming up and expressing what music is to you for us. So we are going to move on to our next guest on the show. Thank you for coming up, Benji. Hello, Bill. How are you? I am doing perfectly okay. How about you? I'm pretty good. What is music and what is music to you? Well... <laughs> Mm, there's like a lot of good talk what do you call it there's a lot of good discussions in chat that i saw and they're very good like um music can be a universal language for me it's a universal language it's like it's the way you speak it's like an emotional connection that you have with a lot of people so i'm a pre-med student so i'm not like that musical but in pre-med and like psychology i did like a paper recently about music theory and music connection to the brain and we were talking about how music influences some um, parts of the brain. So it's a very interesting topic, you know. So I found out that brain improves the cognitive function. It improves neurogenesis, which is in charge of your neurons that, you know, promote, uh, what do you call it, a memory, promote emotion, you know, influence, you know, different types of brain function. We have, uh, what do you call it, they produce neurons that also help with brain functions, you know. But in class, we learned that a music is similar to a drug. Like, we can connect it to a drug, so we can say it's very addictive. And I learned that if you think about how it influences the mind. So if you look at, the, let's say, the cerebellum, which is in charge of the movements and it stores physical memory, 
Uh, people with Alzheimer's, there was a study by the UCF that people with Alzheimer's are not responsive to verbal communication. They're more responsive to music and it improves energy. So we can say that music is a universal language. That's what I'm trying to say. It is a universal language. And if we look at the nucleus acambus, it's uh, in charge of the endorphins, it's in charge of the reward, uh, what do you call a system that we have in our brain. So it improves what you call a pleasure, it decreases depression and all that. We have the hippocampus, which is in charge of what do you call a story memory, you know, it improves what do you call a memories for people with Alzheimer's. So music in all and like in its essence, it has like many, many, what do you call it, benefits. The mind, I can, I, the body, and essentially, I recently watched a YouTube video about music and cancer. So how people can treat cancer with music, they use like hurts and all that. So it's very interesting. And what music personally is to me is like, basically, you can describe it as like life force or like life energy. That's it, simply. Uh, but I'm not going to go off topic. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's like a basic connection, you know? Wow. Okay, so I guess music really does have a lot of an impact on the body or the brain specifically. It's very interesting. Obviously, I'm not I'm not a friggin' doctor or any whatever you are. Because so you know, I, <laughs> I'm gonna I had like a what do you call it? My grandmother, she suffers from Alzheimer's, like extreme Alzheimer's. And the first stages were like she stopped communicating to us and she was not very verbal about situations. She like had memory loss. And the doctor, what do you call it, suggested as music therapy, which is also influential, you know, with a lot of people with therapy in general and people suffering from depression, PTSD, etc. So my grandmother suffered from Alzheimer's when we put like music, classical music is also proven to, you know, show signs of growth and produce neurons and memory, uh, what do you call it, uh, what do you call it, memory. So when we tried music, we tried to put on classical music. My grandmother, you know, she reacted with it. She started playing the piano and, you know, she was very happy. So we can say that music promotes like emotion. It is a universal language. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it short. I'm so sorry. Um, it's it's yeah. all right. It's all right. But you definitely have a good take on what music is as everybody has. <laughs> it's <Okay>. interesting to <laughs> see like how people like you that are studying medical things that I I'm not gonna pin down because I don't know all those terms, but okay. like how you guys can figure out, or not specifically you, but people like you, you could okay, not saying you can't, but you could figure out like how to specifically cure cancer with music and hurts like that instead of just treating right. it but like it's gonna be mm. a while until we get a cure for cancer y'all no hopes up right <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting to see it from a perspective of somebody like you i'm like very interested in music you know as like a side hobby i'm very interested in music i like to study music as history I like to go back and forth with like um, history, like how it influences different cultures. So, you know, it's a very diverse, um, what do you call it, topic. And it's like a very complex topic to get into. So it's not basically, you know, you don't play the guitar and, you know, say, oh my God, I'm feeling emotion. When you start playing the guitar, you have to feel the history. You have to feel the culture. You have to feel 
why you're playing it you know it's it's an emotional aspect psychological aspect yeah i mean my experiences with music way back when i was just growing up or basically starting my life mm-hmm. all those sound melodies i used to cry as a kid and just listening to those sounds i think music actually now that i think about it uh, i took the term for granted but it's like the experience that um, that is like right. when i recollect those experiences these matter a lot in my life and they're still stuck to me on today as per right. when i'm working on music that is a very interesting take uh, as per the experience for music really i like yeah. that because you know in the medical field we're required to you know connect with a diverse selection of topics like music is so important in the medical field a lot of people say music is you know very goofy it's like a waste of time but if you're an actual musician and trying to get into the medical field it's so easy because there's a lot of aspects of music influence on you know the whole body and when you start learning anatomy when you start like learning um these different subjects like you know you're going to hear a lot of things related to music and you know so it's very interesting yeah you really do have some good points i just kind of admit it it's <laughs> i'm just a pre med student you know i'm just hopping on here you know sharing you're my you're just views a pre med student so. but you're 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 just so uh, okay save me here how <laughs> Yeah, your points just as a whole like your experiences as per the people around you how their experiences were as per music. I mean, right. music is just uh people deaf people can experience music even through yeah. vibrations. They are actually using music I think for people with blindness, I think. I don't know. I've heard I heard about this somewhere that they're using music or like um music uh functions that, you know, help people see something like that but anyways yeah that's off topic i mean it's just fascinating to know how much more there is because we'll never be ending with a music chapter it's going to stay and right. the evolution rate of it would be much higher than most of the other things that i could think about it at the same time it's just so impactful anyways thank you for coming up bill it was nice having you up here Oh, no worries, man. No worries. So, uh, Harlow, it was really interesting seeing how different people have so different takes on music. Absolutely. It, it really explains what they have a strong feeling about music and just seeing their expressive thoughts towards it is really fun. And not only fun, it's very fascinating in some sort of the way because you then try to correlate their points and then as a whole try to understand what is music which is the main purpose of the topic itself or the agenda and it was an absolutely amazing people that just came on the stage and told us about music the the small part of what it belongs to them it was very fun and very sick Melody Cast is brought to you by me, Max, and Harlov. We thank you everybody who's listening and everybody in our community and around the world that allows us to make this work. Special thanks go to Harlov, Scruff Puppy, Benji, and Bill. Thank you guys for coming up. And I will see you guys 
in episode two in another two weeks or so for now. I would like to add that I'm not excited to do this, all the all this editing. It's like it's gonna take a while. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in episode two. Also, if you are a producer or a singer-songwriter, if you guys would like to be featured on MelodyCast, please message the admin, Max, on the Discord server linked in the description of the episode or in the description of the podcast. This is Future Max coming to you here. Um, listen, the editing for this episode took a while, especially doing it all by myself. It took me about two days, which would equal up to about 24 hours because sleeping and other things. But I would love all the support if you join the Discord server that is linked in the description of the episode or the description of the podcast for now i'm really f***ing tired man i will see you guys in episode two adidos